0: reviews my name's tj davis oh fuck i already fucked it up already uh so my name's tj davis alongside emily Shit. this is episode 34 uh why you gotta fight me at the cheesecake (laughs) i just love that title so much why
1: you gotta fight with me at cheesecake
0: why you gotta fight with me at cheesecake it's it's such a
1: an obnoxiously long name
0: yeah but it's so great. Um, so, yeah. How you doing, Gizmo? Staying away from those bright lights?
1: Mo- mostly.
0: Mostly. Uh, <laughs> uh, shall we get right into it? Yeah. Alright, so. Beer number one today is Why You Gotta Fight With Me at Cheesecake. It's a sour ale with raspberries and cheesecake. Three... No, you're holding the wrong one. Oh, no, you're holding the right one. (laughs) Ha ha, ha ha ha. Three, two, one.
1: Crap. This is by Barreled Souls and Branch and Blade.
0: So it should be good.
1: The raspberry color is noticeable. There's crap at the bottom.
0: Yeah, I got the crap.
1: I don't know if it's good crap or bad crap.
0: Uh, Given the chunkiness of the crap, I'm going to guess bad crap. So if you drink this, um, watch out. It's live culture. So there's yeast at the bottom.
1: Well, I dumped it all in, so we'll see what happens.
0: I dumped it all in, too.
1: Okay. I like this. The raspberry comes through well. The, the sour is there, but it more, more is like a tart than a sour sour. And like, I, I definitely can taste like some of the cheesecake element.
0: I don't know, man. I'm not really getting much cheesecake. Like, I'm getting lactose, but it's not what I would call cheesecake.
1: Yeah, it's... It's not bad. But no, it's like... not
0: bad. I just, I don't know. I guess it's on par with most of the things from Barreled Souls, which are like, you know, the, the better side of all right. I think yeah. that I was just expecting slightly more because it's a collaboration with Branch and Blade.
1: Yeah, but Branch and Blade is also fairly hit or miss, depending. And you see, now,
0: I think that I'm more impressed more often by them. They're not like Bat in a thousand But I feel like the sours that we've had from them have been at least more flavor forward than this is. Uh, Not necessarily good, but like the flavors that are in them are more overt.
1: Yes and no. I mean, I'm going to point to Electric Love as an example of one that I think is like underpowered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that.
1: Electric love was them, right?
0: Uh, fairly certain. Mm.
1: Well, you you can look if you want because I I have my untapped pull up to you know so talk about why, things. Why don't I
0: just check it out real fast? Uh,
1: yeah, there's this magical thing called the internet, and you there's a phone in your hand that like has the internet, right? Uh, Mind yes. blowing.
0: Um. The electric love OG raspberry blackberry was Branch and Blade.
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of underpowered. Like I, I, I appreciate what they did here. So to me, I taste more than just lactose. I do taste more of like a cheesecake element. It's not as strong as I would want it to be, but I, I, I think that I think it, do, it does come across at least for me not as much as i want either but i i think that i'm tasting it more than you are maybe it'll get better as uh, it warms up yeah maybe there are definitely some things including some sours definitely like the flavors come through a bit better as it warms up a little
0: i don't know i like i don't know exactly what i'm going for when it comes to cheesecake i even personally i'm going for like i don't know creamy cheesiness with uh, a hint of graham cracker
1: yeah i mean the graham cracker is the element that i'm not tasting here but like i don't know that that's intended to be in there at all i think it's really more meant to be like a basic cheesecake base yeah a,
0: a raspberry cheesecake filling
1: yeah yeah um and again, I get more than just like the lactose and vanilla that I would expect. I'm getting, I'm definitely getting a more cheesy note and I don't know, but it's mild, but like, mm. that's kind of, that's kind of what I want from cheesecake too. I don't really want it to taste like you slapped fruit on, and some sugar on cream cheese. I want it to <laughs> so taste So essentially like... what we
0: did, essentially what we did is we just took a, uh, we took a brie, <laughs> we, you? We, we cut off the rind, so we, we at least cut off the rind, we, we took that, we put it in a pot, or in like a baking dish, with a, a graham cracker crust, and then threw some <laughs> raspberry preserves on top of it. You know what, I finished saying it, and was like, no, nah, that actually sounds kind of fucking bomb.
1: I mean, it's not entirely far off from baked brie, although yeah, you don't okay. want to do that in, on a graham cracker crust because you, you would do it in... What do they do it in? Philo dough? Yeah. Yeah. Pastry crust. Yeah. Uh, but One of these days, phylo.
0: Alice, I am going to make a fucking beef wellington, and when I do, I'm going to invite you over.
1: Damn right you are. Oh, man. Alex was talking about how he... uh was thinking about doing porchetta for thanksgiving next time Mm. they're there which is probably next year and he was like i wonder if i can convince my mom to just lose the turkey altogether i'm like dude i am so down he showed me pictures of the porchetta he made Mm -hmm. and i'm like so when am i coming to visit
0: yeah right special episode live from chicago live from outside chicago (laughs) New England beer reviews on scene.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Actually that would be true. Actually rad. <laughs> that would be rad. I, I
1: don't I don't know how that would work, but considering that we use USB mics and it depends
0: stuff, on whether or not he has a centralized mixer that we'd be able to plug into.
1: That's a good question. It's not impossible that he has that, or access to it. It's not impossible that, yeah.
0: Pardon. All right. Is a music teacher? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's keep on keeping on. Um, You you had some beers at Christmas, didn't you?
1: I sure did, and not all of them are from New England, and I don't care. We're going to talk about them anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. Or at least address them.
1: Um, no, we're just going to straight up talk about him. Fuck it. Um, so, he brought a single can of Benthic from Half Acre Brewing Company. Nice. So, uh... I
0: mean, Half Acre is Connecticut, isn't it?
1: No, Half Acre is Chicago.
0: Oh. Oh, I'm thinking, like, Kent Farms?
1: Kent Falls, yeah. Kent Falls. Um... So half acre is. I agree with him. He he said that like this is the beer that solidified them as like the best brewery in Chicago, and I I concur with him because nice. half acre can do much like Trillium. Half acre can do basically every style and like do something cool with it. So, uh, this is their standard imperial stout. Bourbon barrel aged imperial stout brewed with coffee and toasted coconut.
0: Wait a second, that's their standard. Yep, awesome.
1: Yeah, that's their that's their basic stout, and it is excellent. I gave it a four point five. It's average on un, on un, Untapped is a four point three two.
0: Yeah, that seems slightly low. I mean, given other stuff from Half Acre that I've had as well. Like I wouldn't be surprised that this is really tasty.
1: Yeah, no. Half Acre is fucking great. Um they have a couple of different locations now, I think, and uh I've been to both of them. And Awesome. They're cool. They're 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 cool places to hang out. Um I really dig the one that has like the outdoor beer garden and shit especially. And it's dog friendly, or at least it was when I was there. <laughs> All um, right. Um so yeah, half-acre fucking rules. If you find yourself in Chicago, that is the brewery you should try the hardest to go to, for sure. Indeed. Um, so, for the first time in years, I had a Goose Island Bourbon County. This was the 2017 edition. And it was solid. It was... I mean... I feel like I've had multiple bourbon counties and I've had some of the uh, different iterations and stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. This one I thought was a particularly good uh, vintage, I guess. Um,
0: uh, 2017, would that be like one of the last years before they got bought out? How long ago did they get bought out?
1: A long time ago. Okay. Yeah, they they, they sold out like at least 10 years ago at this point, I think. Um. But still like as much as I really don't like when companies sell out like that um, I mean I don't I don't honestly necessarily blame people especially like you know I don't know I mean
0: if somebody wants to give me like 300 million dollars for my intellectual property yeah I'm probably gonna sell
1: yeah and I mean I think that the thing that really made like makes me question it a lot is because of the it depends on which company is buying you out um are they ab InBev? i can't remember or are they um, like one of the slightly less shitty ones
0: no they're totally ab InBev because yeah yeah they're owned by anheuser-busch
1: so generally speaking i try not to buy anything that's made by ab InBev because if you and folks out there
0: didn't dogfish head get bought out by like
1: boston beer I, I don't think so. I mean... I can't remember who the fuck bought them, then. Um, I didn't know anybody... I didn't think that Sam Calgione would ever sell.
0: Oh, no. He sold out, like, probably five or so years ago at this point.
1: Did he? Yeah, that uh, that's
0: where my, like, $300 million number came from. Because oh, I'm okay. fairly certain he sold Dogfish Head for $300 million. He might still be, like, you know, overseeing things. Yeah. But for some reason, I thought it was boston beer that bought him
1: in which case i actually kind of support that because boston yeah. beer isn't fucking gross um,
0: <laughs> the okay beer's, the beer is not really good but no. i don't have any great opposition they're, to their business practice
1: that's what i'm saying <laughs> when i say they're not gross that's what i mean if you're getting bought out by a bigger company like make sure that bigger company isn't super shitty um because we'll AD- still
0: retain like the meaning of your business after you're gone <laughs>
1: AV InBev is a company that you should avoid supporting with money whenever possible, um, just because if you folks out there don't know, they do things like buy up all of the hop farms in the entire Southern Hemisphere, so they mm-hmm. have a stranglehold on the flow of Southern Hemisphere hops, um, because specifically to hurt craft beer competition, especially mm-hmm. once they started getting into the game, not by doing it themselves, but buying companies that did. Um so that's the reason that, like, it and it depends on the company. It's like, okay, so you know, Goose Island got bought out by AB InBev. I generally don't buy their shit. At I mean, anymore, but I probably wouldn't generally buy their shit anyway because it's like most of it's pretty mediocre. It's always been kind of like a like a big basic beer kind of thing yeah. that has like this one fucking beer, the Bourbon County, that's like mind blowing. Um,
0: super solid. I mean, honestly, with a name like Bourbon County, it makes me always think that it comes out of like Kentucky or Tennessee instead of Illinois.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but uh, also we are correct. Um, Goose Island is owned by AB InBev. Samuel Adams Beer Company, which apparently Boston Beer Company has officially changed their name to.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: owns Dogfish Head as well.
1: All right, that bothers me less cuz Sam Adams actually does a lot of good stuff with their money. Um they have a program that supports um like not just women in the industry but like women small bit bu- like sm- small businesses owned by women in general. They have like a huge fund That's and awesome. if you are a woman who wants to start like a brewery or whatever, they actually have like classes that they they teach you for free about like how to you know from everything from brewing to like how to you know manage the money like i think that's really cool so i have no problem with them as a company as in terms of their ethics um but yeah like this is like a one a one time you know this is a one beer exception to this rule for me um not that it's something i would necessarily buy on my own but i'm not going to be like i won't drink that if somebody offers it to me mm-hmm. Whereas I'm still, oh, man, what was that really good one in, like, one of the Carolinas that sold out?
0: Uh, like, Wicked Weed?
1: Yes. Wicked Weed is a company that, like, as soon as they sold out, I Stop was, like... drinking it. I literally... Well, was,
0: I, we did have a couple of them after but they, they were, sold out, but they were, like, all right, this sounds really, really interesting instead of, like, oh, I kind of want to try that.
1: Yeah, I think I bought, like, one or two things after the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there were a couple of things that we drank after the sale that I had purchased before it, too. So, because you know me and my compulsive selling of things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really depends. I mean, it's... Oh, it, but if like If I moved to my grandmother's, we could actually
0: sell it. Sell it to Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, this is just something I've always felt strongly about. I tend to be less puritanical about the stuff that sells to other brands that aren't quite as shitty as AB InBev. Mm -hmm. Um, But no,
0: I I respect and agree with our general hatred of AB InBev. It is a terrible corporation.
1: Yeah, It It is
0: an evil corporation.
1: Yeah. I also really don't like when places sell out to something that even if it's not as bad and their quality takes a nosedive. Um,
0: yeah, that I just feel out. like. Well, like I get pissed off any time a brewery's quality takes a nosedive. Um, yeah, I.e. night shift. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that their stuff has reached like awful. Yeah. But it, that's it's not necessarily like selling out that always does that. Sometimes yeah. it is just diversification.
1: Yeah, they took one for the team, so yeah. I can't be that mad and, about but it. But,
0: like, I'm so thankful that, you know, a Night Shift distribution exists.
1: Uh-huh. It completely like, changed the landscape of what... Our... If,
0: I, if I owned a brewery, I would want my distro through Night Shift Distro.
1: Yeah. Once you're big enough for that, Once you know, self-distro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I... I don't know. Like I think I've only had like maybe one or two funky Buddhas since their sale to Constellation years ago. And mm. I I'm not thrilled with Constellation brands. They are they tend to do one of those like, oh, we put this, you know, brewery uh I don't know if it's like Corona or whatever, um, in the middle no. of the desert.
0: And um Corona is owned by
1: Heineken, maybe. Yeah. Um. Anyway, whatever big fucking Mexican bullshit that uh, Constellation does. Um, they have. Oh,
0: they're Modelo, aren't they?
1: They might be. They have a plant in Mexico that they put kind of in the middle of the desert because the land was cheap, but they had mm-hmm. to drill down super. Like it's like the same story you see in like California, Northern California, with the farms. They do, They just dig a, dig a well that's way deeper than anybody's like home wells, and suck out all of the water so there's no like uh, like those people end up like literally high and dry and And it
0: turns all the surrounding area into a dust bowl
1: yeah yay so yeah i don't i'm not thrilled with constellation brands so i try not to do a lot of stuff from them but they've kind of pissed me off less than ab InBev, so Mm -hmm. i'll make some exceptions but yeah that and funky buddha's quality isn't as good as it was when they were independent
0: Yeah, I I was actually, when you mentioned Funky Buddha, it's like, I can't even remember the last, you know, new thing
1: I had from them.
0: And I think that part of that is, uh, what was it? Lack of distro? Yeah, lack of distro. But didn't they used to come to one of the beer fests?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: So, like, Um... not seeing them there... Well, not being able to have them for the last two years.
1: I think it was EBF that they used to come to because they, and I think Jay Wakefield used to do the spring American Craft? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I thought that one did one, one did the other. Yeah. I thought that Jay Wakefield was EBF.
1: No, I think they were the American Craft. American Craft slash the, um, the one that replaced it the one that was like, had they had to have a brewer on hand. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it was Jay Wakefield. I think it was one of the other guys, but still. Yeah. Um, well, I
0: hope that Beer Fest can happen again. Maybe we can do like yeah. a live broadcast from a Beer Fest. That'd be wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, lav mics are not <coughs> wildly expensive, I don't think. Yeah. So,
0: all right, uh, let's keep on keeping on. So, what was the next beer that you had for Christmas? Because I already looked, and folks, for the first time ever, a beer from this non brewery, this smaller than nano brewery, is going mm-hmm. to be talked about.
1: Indeed. Ever. So, the next beer I had is from quote unquote Novello Brewing. This is my cousin in Chicago's home brewing setup um i've had a number of things from him he's really getting i mean he's been he's been good at this for years he brewed all the beer for his wedding um but he has made some really impressive stuff including like a really solid new england style ipa Ooh, nice! Um, so pop pop's very merry christmas is an old ale with pie spice and orange zest
0: Alright, I mean that's yeah. something I can get behind <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: it's like it's, it's really smooth It's really, like the spices come through Well, um, the orange zest Comes through, like It's just extremely pleasant Drinking
0: I think the only one from him That I've had Was Tis the Saison Yeah, maybe Which, if I'm remembering right, it was Rosemary? An- yeah, I was, I was going to say herbed, but like rosemary, maybe thyme, Saison. The only problem with it is he used too much yeast in the bottle conditioning. Yeah. So every bottle was a foamer.
1: But it tasted good.
0: It tasted fantastic. <laughs> no, but definitely he's... the beer to open over a sink.
1: Yeah, he's good at this. I mean, that New England style IPA he brewed for me the last time i was out there rad <laughs> yeah it was like surprise i brewed a new england style ipa and it was like yes and he's got one of those little kegerator deals in his basement so he has <laughs> his own beer on tap
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: yeah it really is um
0: oh man yeah i feel like we should look into the live mics and uh you know do beer fests and take a vacation to chicago and get stuff
1: <laughs> oh man imagine like turning the lav mics on while you're like drunk riding the L or something yeah that could be interesting all righty
0: guys so here we are it's 1 30 in the morning and we're riding the L
1: <laughs> and some people are just looking at you and they're like not again sir or <laughs> madam
0: I can't see right now because my eyes are just too wobbly Uh, What are your feelings on things? (laughs) What what sort of things? Wait a second. Why am I even saying that? I'm not participating in this. Uh, What are your feelings on the state of things? Yeah. Get away from me. (laughs) All right. But yes, that's exciting for the first time ever. Novello Brewing. Check it out. If he ever releases. Which he Uh, won't because this is purely fun.
1: But he is on. In, they it's. I think it's Novello Brewery and Farm on on Instagram. If you're interested.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I think you can also find him on Untapped as Novello Brewing.
1: Yeah, but I. Well, I mean, I added that one in. But yes, it's on there. All right, then you um, can
0: find Novello Brewing on Untapped.
1: <laughs> so. I think the next one we actually had was. The um, the daily serving spiced apple from Trillium that we talked about last time, which everybody loved
0: uh, We didn't actually talk about that last time because I've got a candidate
1: Oh, well, we're going to talk about some of this shit because, you know, we yeah. can't, we so can't save guessing... everything for episode beers
0: I'm guessing it's both that and the uh, Widowmaker that you have the two of those So, that, folks, means that those are beers that I can now just drink.
1: (laughs) Indeed. So, seriously, daily serving spiced apple cider legitimately tastes like... I want to say apple pie, but that's actually not right because you don't have the crust flavor. Um, You have... I think the more accurate way to describe is Apple pie filling. I would say homemade applesauce.
0: Oh. Oh, that's exciting.
1: Yes, it's fucking phenomenal. My mother didn't like that one. Everybody else loved it. Didn't we
0: have another apple pie one fairly recently that tasted not like apple pie, but apple pie filling? Because it was missing, like, that breadiness.
1: Yeah, Happy Holidays. Happy uh, Holidays. The actual cider.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Where this is actually a beer. Yes. Um. I also, the other... I think we did already talk about Honeymaker. Um I I, I had brought that and we had that as well. Uh,
0: we did talk about Honeymaker. Oh man, Honeymaker is so good. But we talked about that last episode.
1: Yes, we did. So I had the other Widow Maker that I bought at the same time. And it is another blender ender, but this one is cherry, raspberry, cinnamon, and vanilla. I think all of those flavors come through well. I nice. think it is more tart, like it's much more of an actual sour. Um and I liked it. Once again, shocked that my mother liked that one much better than the other one. And I think that of in that one, the uh, the blender under the cherry is extremely prominent compared to some of the other flavors. But, like, in a good cherry pie filling kind of way, not like a crappy, cheap cherry pie filling kind of way. Oh,
0: okay. Nice.
1: yeah. Mm. So yeah, I'm excited to keep trying to find more stuff from that series, because I've now had two Blender renders and I really liked both of them. Um, Yeah, I've
0: only had one of them so far, but I really enjoyed that one myself.
1: Yeah. Um, Both were over four, so hell yeah. How
0: old is Widowmaker? Because they're not super old either. They're like within the last four or five years.
1: Uh, I'm in this weird place
0: where like 2018 feels like a decade ago, but... Yesterday. But also a year ago? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, speaking of things from several years ago, um, I don't know why I still have it. My guess is that... All right, you talk for a second. I'll, All I'll, right. I'll hold off on I that. will
0: introduce for Emily the next beer that she had. The next beer that she had comes from Fifty Fifty Brewing Company. It's Eclipse, a Barreled cuvee. Um, a Barreled cuvee is what? Is cuvee just like aged in bourbon barrels?
1: I think that Barreled... If if I had to guess, that the that that the cuvee. I mean is... cuvee
0: when it comes to an imperial stout, is it just like whiskey bourbon barrels?
1: See, that's the thing I don't know. is It's actually what my guess is, is because oh, no. every Cuvée, year... Oh,
0: I think, is how long it's actually aged. So to be a cuvee, it needs actually at least six months aging.
1: It's either that or, like, so you know how... So for folks, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, 50-50 is a... Uh, brewery in Truckee, California. So it's right near um, Truckee. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's a dumb name. It's uh, but it's near that big ass lake that's between fucking California and Tahoe. Nevada, Tahoe. Yeah, it's right near Lake Tahoe. Um, and they generally don't distribute any of their shit out here, except for this one beer that gets mm. distributed all over the country. Eclipse. Every Yep, every year they... But, like,
0: Eclipse is also a national-slash-international collection that just piles through there. Because they use... Don't they also use, like, wine barrels and other alcohol barrels from other countries as well? So it's more global instead of just being, like, an American amalgamation?
1: Yeah, well, kind of. I, I feel like most of what they do for whiskey barrels and stuff is bourbon um like i mean I had and if you're a, gonna get
0: a... bourbon barrels you should be no because didn't they totally do aged in japanese bourbon barrels at one point
1: i don't remember see that's the thing you'd have to go i mean yeah. there, there are places that compile every single like because every year they have at least probably eight different iterations of this beer so that it's it's aged in like usually like so there's a bourbon barrel one there's ones that are aged on things like vanilla beans or coffee or whatever there's ones that Oh are yeah aged I wine wine they age them like that. on
0: stuff and in things
1: Yeah so remember like we've had a vanilla one at some point we've definitely had I think it was a four roses but barrel one mm-hmm. um I think we've had a uh, maybe Evan Williams, like, I think I've had a couple Mm -hmm. of different bourbon barrel ones, Um, rye barrels, things like that. Like, it's just like, it's basically a different lineup every year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, my guess was that the Q, because it doesn't give you a lot of description, I never didn't bother looking on their website. I would, I would have guessed that the cuvee is like a mix of, of, like they take stuff from like different barrels and mix it together.
0: It's a mixture of their longest-aged bourbon barrels. So it's like a bourbon blend, but it's a well-aged bourbon blend, which at the same time just kind of like blows my mind, too. Like, I would love a scotch old enough to drink, but if you try to offer me—well, actually, if you offer me a blended scotch that's old enough to drink, I'll fucking drink it. I would rather a single-barrel scotch that's old enough to drink.
1: Agreed. But this is, I think, my fourth or fifth Eclipse, um, mm-hmm. and I gave this one a 4.5. I could nice. probably could have gone higher. Um,
0: I mean, 4.5 is still pretty damn good.
1: I was, But it's Eclipse. Is it I the mean,
0: most recent year? or No,
1: 2019. 2019. Okay. My guess is that I bought it after Christmas 2019, because oh, it's around November, December that they come out.
0: You couldn't bring it to
1: the Personus next time
0: 2020 yeah gotcha gotcha
1: because that yeah
0: well hey you just gave it a little more time to get even better
1: hell yeah um should we crack the next beer before i finish talking about beer
0: yeah let's crack the last beer before you finish talking about the last beer you had i mean i've got two beers i guess i could talk about i just didn't check them in but um we'll talk about those in a future episode Alrighty, our last beer day comes to us from Spyglass. It's called Strawberry Hologram. It's a strawberry cheesecake sour ale this time in three, two, one, crap.
1: I believe we teased this in a previous episode.
0: Oh, I think we did tease this in a previous episode.
1: Yeah. Foamy. Lighter color looks much more strawberry than raspberry. Duh. Yeah,
0: I mean, if it's strawberry, I would expect that it should oh yeah um with this one i don't think that this one has
1: pulpy shit it might pulpy
0: though. shit but since some of their stuff i know do- oh yeah no you definitely want to get that bottom of can in there after you lose some of your head yeah it, it, it's it's got some pulpy shit this is pulpy shit that you want to mix in there yes like the yeast at the bottom and the other one wasn't bad and didn't like really affect the flavor in my opinion Um but like this is pulpy shit that is supposed to be in the beer these are like I think they're supposed to be unfiltered sours
1: yeah there definitely are
0: but they're more reminiscent of like mortalis or deciduous Or, like, the other places, Definitive, that are doing, like, those super fruit smoothie sours that may not necessarily be super sour, but it's the kind of thing that an alcoholic could feel good about drinking for breakfast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, and remember when we were at... um...
0: Oh, was this the one that she was telling us about, or was it the other one? Yes. Was... I couldn't remember.
1: I don't know if it was this one or if it was the other one, but but it was
0: definitely one of their beers.
1: Yeah, e- either way she was like, yeah, there are people who come in here and, and she's like, I'm warning you that like there is, you know, fruit pulp in this and they're like, no, no, I like smoothies. It sounds good and then they come back up and they're like, this is gross and thick. Like I fucking told you, dude. It has fruit pulp in it.
0: I really want to drink more Spyglass. Like, this yep. is fucking phenomenal. Like, I didn't want to say this earlier because we had had this, we had tried, we have tried this before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had the, uh, what are you going to fight me a cheesecake before? But, like, this is what I want from a cheese, like a fruited cheesecake sour. Like, yes. I get the strawberry. Like, strawberry is the first thing I taste on it. After yep. that mellows out, I get you know that like not not just vanilla lactose i get like cheesecake
1: yeah i get graham cracker too well and then like on
0: the uh, like as it fades as you can feel like the rest of the strawberry coating your tongue and falling down your throat you get that flavor of cheese that flavor of graham cracker like like buttery graham cracker like the graham cracker crust of a cheesecake and it's like this is what I want. Like calling itself to be a cheap strawberry cheesecake sour, I get every flavor that I desire from that title in this yep. beer.
1: Fantastic! No, I, I, I really enjoy Spyglass a lot. I, I don't know, man. It, it's. It, it's a tough, it's a tough call to say whether I like them or deciduous better, but like one of those two or both of them together are my, in my opinion, the best breweries in New Hampshire, at least Southern New Hampshire. But well, I
0: don't know. Maybe we have a future episode where we end up, you know, visiting both of them and talking about them as if they're in a head-to-head rumble match. Not a bad episode idea.
1: You know, yeah. just throwing shit out there. Because, you know, Dover <laughs> and Nashua are, like, right next to each other. Oh, yeah. Not they're, Dover. Newmarket and Nashua.
0: They're right next door to each other.
1: <laughs>
0: By a way of Manchester,
1: probably. Because <laughs> Newmarket's a little north and west of, uh, like, Portsmouth and Dover. Well, then maybe it's two day trips. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Spyglass is kind of on my way home if you mm-hmm. go that way. Yeah.
0: Alright, let's talk about your last beer So we can move on to uh, pop culture bullshit
1: Indeedly do, neighbor um, The last beer Is another Trillium Because Trillium Ooh. fucking rules I got a single bottle of this It is a collaboration Between Trillium and Other Half um, It is an Imperial Stout With Let's see Hundreds of pounds of imported wild Thai bananas hand roasted in their Canton kitchen. And they.
0: By, by their very own JC Tripto? Um, um Tetro is how
1: tetro, I would pronounce it.
0: Yeah. Tetro.
1: Um. After the time spent in the oven, natural sugars present in the bananas caramelized, providing a distinctly expressive candied sweetness to the roasty imperial stout backbone. Notes of freshly baked banana bread and dark chocolate are balanced well with a soft, elegant bitterness.
0: Nice. Well read, too. Thanks.
1: <laughs> um, and I thought this was solid as hell. I don't think that it blew my mind quite as much as I was hoping. I mean, but I'm not. the point two five is nothing to shake a stick at. Come on, hell no. Um, but like, it's only got ninety two ratings total on Untapped right now, and it's an, sitting at an average of three point eight six, which is aggressively low for this. I think.
0: Oh yeah, that sounds unfortunately low.
1: Um, I think that the. I think that the banana. I wonder if it if people don't like it as much because it doesn't come across as strongly banana as some people might want. Well, but plus, like uh,
0: Thai bananas are are less. Yeah, they, they're they're not,
1: they not as intensely. Ha- they, don't, they don't have
0: like the banana flavor like that. Pow! It's a banana. Uh, that like we as Americans associate with uh, both fresh bananas. And artificial banana flavoring,
1: although it's probably closer intense.
0: Well, I was going to say, like it's probably closer in line with artificial banana in terms of the kind of banana flavor it has, just far more mild.
1: Yes, but yeah, that's because artificial banana is based on a cultivar that was the primary cultivar for a long, long time that uh, we basically made extinct. So. Mm yay good good going humans also yeah, imperial art- stout
0: is an intense flavor to begin with
1: yeah and that's actually kind of what i liked about it is the fact that like um i don't think it tasted super boozy i mean it wasn't like as negli as non-existent as i've seen with some higher abv stuff but like it was still smooth didn't taste still like, an 11.5 so yeah.
0: nothing to scoff at <laughs>
1: Um, and, but, like, I think that the banana flavor was balanced well against the, the stout flavors instead of, like, blowing it out. Nice. Like, I don't, I really don't like super, super strong banana flavor generally, unless I'm, like, eating banana bread or, like, something that's, like, bananas meant to be front and center here. Yeah. Um, I mean, if banana is
0: supposed to be the primary component, I want it to be banana-eating like that smooth king. like i get why i think dan was there to try that and he was like oh i don't like this but like i also don't think that I, i'm not even a huge banana fan myself but yeah i think that dan actively dislikes bananas
1: yeah that's different yeah i was like, like
0: that was bananas <laughs> i mean I, I
1: will say that i'm i'm a nice enough person that i did not actually hand this glass to my mother and have her take a sip without telling her what it was but I did troll her and hold out my glass and say hey you want to try this banana beer <laughs> so like I'm a little bit of a oh, dick but like I, I in a good it, way
0: I take your mom actively dislikes bananas
1: oh you didn't know that no yeah my mother hates r- ripe bananas she's fine with like that's, that's how I got into the habit of only eating like a whole banana when it's still like partially green wow oh. Because that's how my mother likes them. That's how I got used to eating them as a kid. I, oh, but I don't. But I don't have a problem with ripe bananas. I, I just prefer them in other things. That's um,
0: so fucking weird.
1: Well, it's because my aunt Joan was born with celiac disease. So for like the first like two or three years of her life, all she ate for breakfast, like every fucking morning, was mashed bananas. So my mother. Cannot stand the smell of ripe bananas at this point. Never has been able to, like, doesn't like banana bread, any of that stuff.
0: So it's essentially like me and Sambuka, but um, she didn't get to make out with her friend at the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because that's what all fucking, like, six-year-olds want to do, is make out with their friends.
0: I plead the fifth?
1: oh jesus christ (laughs) um Um, yeah yeah i'm just gonna Uh,
0: leave that one there yeah let's let's just like move on so yeah this uh spyglass mighty tasty we gotta drink more spyglass because fucking at this point everything from them has been fantastic yeah. I believe that we have exhausted our beer talk for this episode, though. So if that's where you like to end it, you're welcome to. We'd rather you stick around while we bullshit other stuff, mostly hey, pop culture. We're you gonna mean... talk about we're gonna talk about something that we alluded to at the beginning of the episode. But first, I want to give a, a, like, TJ's super short, spoiler-free movie review. New movie review.
1: Yay! Um,
0: Emily, I'm going to give you an option again. You can either choose uh, the one from last time that was left over, The Matrix mm-hmm. Resurrections, or you can choose the uh, new Disney animated movie, on Kanto.
1: No, I, I I want the Matrix one.
0: That's oh, too bad. is pretty deuce.
1: So I... there's your super... <laughs> Next time, I guess. Um,
0: Alright, so Matrix Resurrections is going to be an incredibly divisive movie to anybody who ends up seeking it out. Whether you are, you know, a non fan of the Matrix franchise and just like watch new things and it's like, ah, people are talking about this, I'll fucking watch it. Or if you're, you know, somebody like me who ended up skipping out on school several times, mostly due to uh, idiotic bomb scares that were always going on in Watertown High in, like, 1999. So it was just like, well, I can either stand outside and wait to maybe go back into class at some point and then deal with the rest of my fucking day, or I can hop on, like, uh Fucking forget what it is. I want to say the 57.
1: Yeah, that and might be it.
0: Take that to Cleveland Circle and go watch The Matrix again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I saw it five times in theaters because uh myself and the guy I was dating at the time were both like, this is the best movie ever. It has an awesome soundtrack and shit. So yeah, I saw it like five times. It
0: does years. have an awesome soundtrack. It really does. Um, it has a large kink factor for like leather community if you watch it yeah. like I dig that aspect of it it was never a community that it was always a community I wanted to be part of but was never part of mm. Um. but yeah like the first half of it is largely uh, a recap slash remake of the first movies oh like more so focusing on the first one than the other two but like one of the things that I really loved about it is watching this movie gave me greater appreciation for two and three like two and three are incredibly imperfect movies like honestly they should have been one movie and they should have not tried to do uh, as much as they wanted to try to do my biggest complaint with the new one is they tried to make a new bullet time and it just doesn't work as well as they want it to it only really works if you're watching it you know 4k 120 120 frames per second Mm -hmm. but like I first watched it through my non-pro PlayStation 4. So it doesn't do 4K. It doesn't do 120 frames per second. So it just kind of looked very, um, like clock stoppers. You know?
1: Yes. Not really, but yes.
0: Oh, come on. You never saw Jonathan Frake's theatrical directorial debut? No. Oh, that actually wasn't his debut. I think his theatrical directorial debut might have been a TNG movie. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so like, right. But, like, whatever. He, he I, Frakes... directed
1: uh, the one where Data dies. The hell's that one called again? Nemesis.
0: Oh. Uh, Nemesis came after. I don't know. I'm not sure right now. But Jonathan Frakes directed Clockstoppers. It's about, like, you know, having a stopwatch that turns into the flash and it just looked 90s bad or you know the 90s flash tv show looks bad
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it looks slightly better in like 4k 120 frames per second but it still looks bad even then so yeah um i still say see it though like i i i am i came on the part of like i dug the fucking shit out of it
1: yeah i need i still need to see it
0: one of these days alice one of these days damn it i already used that this episode well fuck me
1: indeed (laughs) um Speaking of Frakes, Frakes has, I think, gotten to be a better director over the years, because remember how you were saying, like, man, I really like what like the, some of these shots in like the most recent Disco episode? Yeah. You missed the, you were elsewhere for the, the uh, oh. opening. He, oh. he directed that episode.
0: Wow. Yeah. I am even more impressed with that episode then. Yeah. Like, what no. was that, uh, episode five of season four of... Disco
1: It's like the most
0: recent one I really liked Which we ended up watching earlier But like That episode Like the episode 5 It felt It felt like the greatest combination Of old and new tracks While also being Incredibly visually appealing Yeah So kudos Kudos Mr. Frakes.
1: Yeah, it's almost like people. some people learn stuff as they get older. Not me, though. Nope. Fuck fuck learning.
0: <sighs> learning is for chumps. That's yeah. what Bender taught me, and I learned it from him.
1: <laughs> My attitude is pattern around Bender. That feels like a horrible mistake.
0: Um, you're going to open up your own amusement park with... Uh...
1: Blackjack, Blackjack and and hookers.
0: And hookers. <laughs> Screw the amusement park. You know what? Screw the entire thing. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, I mean, we're fifty minutes in, so let's keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of our post-holiday season, even though we watched one of them pre-holiday, uh, we Emily finally for the first time saw Gremlins and Gremlins Two: The New Batch.
1: Mm. I I enjoyed both They're very different um, I re- I thought one was Despite having some Major logic issues With the rules surrounding Mogwais <laughs> um, Like I think that One was Oh and also solid. here's
0: something we never thought about What happens when a gremlin Eats after midnight
1: I would assume nothing
0: oh okay
1: i would assume that it's like, like
0: maybe they revert back into mogwis
1: that would be helpful but i don't think that it would yeah whatever they I, oh, like that
0: man. maybe that's part of my like legacy sequel script
1: <laughs> oh lord um <laughs> i really enjoyed i i enjoyed one as like you know kind of a pure, like, I think it was a decent introduction to characters and the world, and, you know, I think that it was, like, entertaining to watch while, you know, being, like, you know, kind of horror light. Um, Yeah,
0: it's it's a kid's horror movie.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought 2 was actually, like, I mean, it was, I don't, I don't know if good's the right word, but it was solid and it was fun as hell. Um, Entertaining yes
0: interesting weird
1: yeah definitely weird but like um i don't i didn't even know that like stuff with that many like meta references and like fourth wall breaks and shit actually existed as early as that
0: yeah i'm really curious what like the earliest exam like i'm sure that there are early examples of you know like meta novels But uh, I kind of wonder if, you know, something like this, something like, you know, Gremlins 2, is sort of what influenced, like, being John Malkovich to be a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that it's like, it's kind of weird to think about, like, that, you know, we... Things like, you know, heavy meta-referenced movies and even oh it's um, kind of like commonplace like, these days. like but like serialized storytelling in fucking tv shows did mm-hmm. became a thing during our lifetime and not just during our lifetime i mean serialized storytelling in tv shows was like still in its infancy in like the mid 90s
0: yeah i think that star trek helped to push it along some
1: 24 is what really made it happen
0: oh yeah that makes sense but I was like, thinking, um, Battlestar Galactica.
1: But that, came, yeah, that came after twenty four. Yeah. I believe um, DS Nine's last season had several really <laughs> long part ones, and actually, like honestly, <laughs> the last like four seasons of DS Nine period are more or less serialized storytelling because you're following a story. Like if you just, and that's you know my dad's trying to slog his way through season two right now. And he Mm. was like, can I just skip to like when it gets good? And it's like, you fucking can't dude. Like there's too, there's too much nuance to the story that like, yeah, you're getting a lot of just like random bullshit episodes in the first few seasons, but but there's a
0: lot of subtle character development throughout those first, like three seasons. Like, yeah, it starts to get more interesting in season three with like, when oh, the hell do they get the stuff Defiant? Oh, starts happening. Is it season I, I three that they get the Defiant? I think it is season three, because they get the Defiant before Worf joins the crew. Once yes, Worf they... joins the crew, then the show, like, really finds its legs.
1: Yeah, um, Dominion War, is that post war or pre-Worf?
0: Oh, Dominion War is way post warf We were sitting around waiting for the Dominion War for a long time. I don't think the Dominion War actually happened. still season
1: five? I don't think it happens until or like five. Six? Like
0: it's either the end of five or like well, the beginning mid of six.
1: I mean, it depends on what your definition is of the beginning. There, there
0: are threats of war for a while. Like yeah. all right, so well, if that's calling, how most
1: wars start.
0: Dude. If you're calling like the beginning of the Dominion War is when they first start when they first find out about the Dominion.
1: And the Dominion is like, "Hey, bitches, we're uh, your new overlords," and the Alpha Quadrant's just like collectively, like, you know what, man, fuck you. Yeah.
0: Then, yeah, no, I probably late <laughs> season it, four, early the season diplomacy five, failures.
1: Then. Yeah. The early diplomacy failures are definitely a contributing part to the war happening. So I would call mm-hmm. it part of like See, that whole now,
0: arc. I, I always think of like war starting being. Uh, When the first shot is had.
1: Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. Because technically speaking, you're probably correct. But, like, the war wouldn't have happened if it weren't for all of the setup shit.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Like, the political machinations are actually kind of important, so.
0: And, And it's also really weird that DS9 especially is a largely political drama. Yeah. And I like it. I do too. Like so progressive and ah, I fucking love the characters. I love the characters so much. Like I love characters from several different treks. Yeah. But I love like as a whole the characters from DS9 the most. Because like they're such a intersexual family almost. And I think that instead of like individual characters being good or great, I think that they work best as a unit.
1: I mean, I would argue the same thing for Voyager though. Like, I think that I think that Voyager and DS Nine did better with that like cohesive like uh, I agree family aspect, like character development shit than than TNG did. But that's because both of those crews were in like settings that were more conducive to that kind of character development?
0: TNG is largely a collection of individuals. They're a collection of individuals that work together and work well together. Well, individuals and pairings. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, DS9 and Voyager, yeah, there are pairings, there are um, triangles.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, But... But, like, as a whole, I think that they tend to enmesh better. But still, I lean towards DS9 with mutual group enmeshment.
1: (laughs) Yes and no, because you have a lot of, like...
0: There there are a lot of, like, cracks between people in Voyager. Well,
1: yes and no. I, I would argue that you have more cracks between people in DS9, because you have, like... There's, there are fewer like dire situations, especially in the first few seasons, that require you to all come together as a group. Like, it is much easier to have, like, oh, you know, like, I'm, I'm pissed at, you know.
0: Whereas, whereas with Voyager, their initial, not, not their initial, but like, they're sort of forced together by trauma.
1: Yeah. And, but they also like, there, there's a lot more bullshit happening to them on a regular basis, and like, they they can't afford to not be a like at least the senior staff that we follow. We can't afford to not be a largely cohesive unit. Like, okay, you know, so it's this like people is what... have issues with themselves with within the group, but like, they're usually resolved fairly quickly. Like, at least the major things are resolved fairly quickly.
0: We got so off topic, and I'm not gonna bring it around. I'm going to bring it to something else. That's what I really loved about Encanto. It is like, hey. the the story is about family. You know, it, it's like this magical family who has this enchantment on them and this non-magic descendant. And, you know, it, the family, well, the house they live in, the magic house that they live in, starts falling apart and and like if you think about it at all and fucking watch the first half hour of the movie you can tell exactly where it should go as a disney movie right but um it's all about you know the conflict between people of expectation versus reality well not reality expectation versus desire there we go that works better yeah. But yeah. Um. I think we only talked about Gremlins 2 for like a moment. Do we have anything um, else to say? Because we got uh, like wicked speaking distracted. Of, speak, <laughs>
1: speaking of connecting that, bringing it back around, Star Trek. <laughs> Pop Picardos in there with hair, which I am positive is not his hair. Um. I yeah. Say this we don't get a lot of like. Voyager started ups. in '95. There's no way he went from like full head of hair to like totally bald on top in like what five years
0: when did that come out five to seven maybe eight i forget how how fast the film industry worked at that time it came out in 90 okay But like coming out in 90 might have been filmed in 88
1: Still, man, I don't think that Bob Picardo had a full head of no, hair at that point, no. at that point. Um, so it was a hairpiece, and it makes me wonder if it's any of if he's ever used that hairpiece in Voyager, because all the times in Voyager that he has hair are like hairpieces from past films. Um, but like yeah, Bob Picardo's fucking great. He was real fun as like a douchebag. I enjoyed it. Not a hard concept considering how the doctor was in the first few seasons. Well, first season. Um,
0: huh. uh, fun fact I guarantee you that he got the job in Gremlins 2 The New Batch because he was also in the Joe Dante movie, The Howling. I'm uh, sorry, I'm looking at Bob Cardo's past and I'm trying to figure out like where I know him from with hair.
1: Uh, I think he had hair in oh my god, uh. Was, there, was he in a thing called china beach maybe um i don't know if it's a series or a movie but i think that that's old enough that he actually had hair
0: not that i'm seeing he was on an episode of kojak uh, no an episode it would have been taxi
1: before that probably yeah
0: uh there's nothing before kojak kojak was oh. 77. Like, his first gig was some video in '76. Huh. Yeah. Uh, maybe Golden Gate is the thing you're thinking about? He was on one episode of Silver Spoons. He was on one episode of Archie Bunker's Plays. Wait a second. Is that a sequel series? No. That's. Uh, weird. Because like it wasn't called Archie Bunker's yeah, place. Yeah, he was
1: on China Beach. If you like, uh, like when I go into it, he was on it from 1988 to 1991.
0: Oh, I haven't gotten that far. Uh, I started at the beginning of his career. I know wow. I've seen Explorers, but it seems like he's more voice work in that.
1: Wait, you don't get the like known for at the beginning? of Oh, your... I do. I
0: just wasn't looking at that. He was oh. also in Legend but it's been fucking forever since I've seen Legend. He was on one episode of The Golden Girls.
1: He was apparently in Inner Space.
0: Oh. Oh, no. I just got to what I had seen recently. Because I just recently rewatched uh, Back to School. That's what I saw him in recently, where he still has his actual hair. Oh, wow. Yes. Movie that holds up surprisingly well it's sexist but it's not like rapey rapey thank you i i honestly was kind of shocked at how well it held up plus the fucking cast in that thing because it's got like you know 1987 drugged out fucking robert downey jr um it's got one of the few on-screen appearances like on-screen speaking appearances by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Like, anytime I try to hit my Kurt Vonnegut voice, because I used to be able to do it, and I think my voice has gotten, like, too low to be able to do it still, but, like, <sighs> Kurt Vonnegut is, like, somewhere nasally, somewhere around here. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kurt Vonnegut.
1: I'm T.J. Davis. Hey, I'm T.J. Davis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, check it out, kids. Back to school. Starring Rodney Dangerfield. Because he gets no respect. <laughs> and oh, yeah.
1: like, M- Emmett and Walsh. Oh,
0: and Terry Farrell. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> she's the love interest for... Um, fucking Dangerfield's son. Because the premise is, Dangerfield never got a college degree. So, his son, who's in college, and is, like, thinks that he's shitty, he becomes like, well, fine, I'm gonna get myself a college degree. But Terry Farrell, 1987 Terry Farrell, is into... Dangerfield's son okay instead it's like a teacher like Faye Dunaway or something who's into um, no Sally Kellerman she looks like Faye Dunaway Mm. uh, who's into um, Dangerfield
1: is she the Wish Faye Dunaway Wish.com Faye Uh, Dunaway maybe or is she more like I don't know
0: no, she she's more like the um, <laughs> she's more like the slight knockoff, not the terrible knockoff.
1: Uh, the or Mia
0: Farrow, like like something the like Target that. brand. Yeah, the Walmart Mia Farrow.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I. I thought Gremlins Two was a fucking blast. Like that one was
0: highly weird enjoyable,
1: fuck. weird as fuck. Like l- really l- weird. A lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, like a lot of decent people in it. Um, and
0: a lot of randos.
1: Yeah, a lot of randos. But like, it's like I've totally seen that guy before. I couldn't place yeah. him exactly where. But yeah. uh, I don't
0: think we even talked about like John Glover, who was there. Like. Ted Turner slash Donald Trump Yeah But like He's kind of both of them mashed together But ultimately not as shitty as either <laughs>
1: Agreed Yeah he's ultimately not as shitty as either And it's like oh man this is actually kind of like The good version
0: <laughs> Yeah um,
1: But yeah I don't know I thought it was fun It was weird Really weird but like fun uh, uh, and
0: fucking, I know that Emily was like, oh, okay. But fucking Tony Randall as the voice of the brain gremlin. Like, mm. I never knew that or have never remembered that. And like, you know, days away from, well, hours away from 20, 20, <laughs> 38 year old me, um, <laughs> because we're time-coding this right now, Uh, never realized it was Tony Randall. And, and like, Tony Randall... Like, the original 70s, 60s fucking odd couple. Yeah. I think it was the original, at least.
1: Um, I mean, in fairness, I didn't realize that John Goodman was the voice of Santa in fucking... The Futurama, like Santa. Oh episode. yeah, <laughs> like, like again. That's my favorite show of all time. I've rewatched the original four, or five seasons, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, I, I don't even know if I can count how many fucking times I've seen each one of those episodes at this point. But like, I just never connected that. Like, I mostly focused on the voice actors that are. You know the main cast in that one I mean occasionally you get like a guest And it's like oh it's super obvious
0: Tony Randall he's the straight man Cause you know fucking The other guy was the fuck up
1: I want to be the fuck up that sounds more fun
0: Felix and Oscar Oh yeah I'd rather be the fuck up
1: Oh, man, what was that, like, modern-day odd couple one that they had? Um... Wasn't Fuck.
0: it one of the guys from Friends?
1: No. And, it, like,
0: Tom Lennon?
1: It was Tom Lennon. I thought it was Patrick Warburton was the other one, but I could be wrong. No,
0: I don't think it was Patrick Warburton. I think it was, like... Oh,
1: he was on some other shitty fucking... It's not Michael
0: Perry. That. It was, like, Joey.
1: No. No, he was on other dumb stuff. I mean, he he's, like... Okay, seriously, of like it was of- Matthew
0: Perry and Tom Lennon. Okay, and Matthew Perry was the oh. Like Tom Lennon is just a um, guy with OCD. It seems.
1: Yeah, it. And- I, I then, think I saw like, like, an Matthew episode Perry of it.
0: Just like a guy.
1: I thought I saw an. I think I saw an episode, or probably I saw about ten minutes of an episode, and was like, I'm done. Yeah. It was not good. Um I
0: am proud to say I have seen zero of it.
1: <laughs> I have uh, okay, I think I was still living with my mother when that first came out mm. is my guess. Um and my I believe mother, it was CBS. So My mother will give that kind of shit much more of a shot than I will like she actually watched some of that like uh fucking Patrick Warburton sitcom that sucked too. Um Like, yeah, there's a there's a lot of that kind of dumb, terrible shit out there.
0: But I can't fault actors; their job no. is to act. And yeah. if you need money, you do your job. You yeah, know? they're
1: they're not they're not or at like, least
0: that's a society that we live in.
1: Yeah, th- that's the problem. Is like you're you, you when you're trying to feed yourself, you can't always choose the art that like you're cho- you're participating in if you're not the one who's actually like writing it or even directing it. Like a lot of times actors don't have a lot of freedom to be like, "Hey, uh, sh- can we change this line?" Like Star Trek was very famous for being like, "No, you read what is written on the paper, period." And like every once in a while, somebody who had a lot of leeway would get a chance to like change something very slightly. Oh,
0: uh, was it a Star Trek story or a Star Wars story? No, I think it's a Star Wars story. I want to say coming from like Harrison Ford of like, if you want to change the line, just change the line. The worst they can do is then call cut and not use it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Star Trek was very strict about that. Oh, like I know that's, that Star was Trek how was like... It was. No, maybe that was a Star Trek story then. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Well, There's I, a story
0: I, out there with some star thing.
1: But Bob Picardo actually got probably more lines changed than anybody else, and it wasn't very often. I mean, the writers in that show were decent enough, so... Um, yeah. But... Did
0: he ever change enough lines on it to earn a writing credit?
1: No. The only writing credit that you... I think the only writing credit ever listed on any particular episode is uh, the primary writer. Because obviously, like... You have one person who like basically writes out the story and then you have or maybe two people. Sometimes you'd have a co-writing credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if 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 there was other stuff that was like changed in the room, um there it wasn't like I don't think they listed every writer on every episode. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the things I actually really like about stuff now like uh last week tonight for instance they do often have a primary writer of like the individual stories that they do but they never list the writers any in anything other than the complete group yeah which i actually have some appreciation for but at the same time it's like it would be pretty rad like if you did you know, six weeks of fucking research writing an episode to, like, actually get your name called out more primarily than, like, other people.
0: Yeah, I definitely get you on that. I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, I have such an understanding of, like, Dan O'Brien that I can tell what are usually his episodes. But, um, Yeah. yeah, we're, like, 115 in. Let's fucking wrap this thing up. Um, oh. Are we releasing this as like our, our new last episode of the year, or are we trying to get ahead? We're going to try and get ahead. So this is going to be our first episode of the new year. We probably should have started off with, like a happy new year, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I am not feeling that th- this much this year, so I mean... Yeah. Let's hope that 2022 is better than 2021. May
0: all the greats be forgot. Blah, 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 blah,
1: blah. blah. May all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That. All
0: right. So we've been Emily Schick and TJ Davis for New England Beer Reviews. You can find us on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we need to do things with all things. Patreon, patreon.com backslash N-E-D-R. If you'd like to donate to us, if you like, what you do, we'd appreciate it. And you'll get it. Now, since we're past the holiday season, you'll get exclusive access. (laughs) Fuck everybody else. You'll get exclusive access to an episode. So how about that? More incentive. Because most people aren't altruistic. Yeah. So um. Ugh. Oh, sorry, Emily. I guess you don't speak burp. That was me asking. Any last words?
1: Um. God damn it, I never think of this ahead of time.
0: Mm.
1: Um. All right, wh- good last word. <laughs> wear a mask, wash your hands. Uh don't. Get fucking vaccinated and try no, not no, to kill uh, people.
0: Do do get fucking vaccinated.
1: Do get vaccinated.
0: Yes. Don't not get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. No. Those are actually some pretty good quality last words as really great advice. Um. Bye. Bye.